Praise the Lord and welcome to the broadcast today. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. This is Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. We're studying a new topic. This is part four of Bible faith in light of the cross. Everything to us is in light of the cross. That means the word of God, every precept and every line of God's word is going to point us to and bring us to the one who is the light of God's word, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and what he did as the Lamb of God for us on the cross of Christ. If that's not the end result, if that's not what we're trusting in and depending on at the end of every Bible study, at the end of every worship service, then we've we didn't hear the right thing, or the right thing might have been declared, but we didn't hear it properly. And that's why we're talking about faith today, Bible faith in light of the cross. Again, thank you for all of those of you who help us mail seven expositor study Bibles every single week to inmates across the land. That's uh, quite a, a, a ministry to have. We're talking about the Expositor Study Bible, the Old and the New Testament, not just the New Testament, but the regular Expositor Study Bible. These inmates are writing and requesting for that Bible, the one just like many of you have. So <clears throat> we have uh, taken that on, and to date we are over 1,500 Bibles and uh, we didn't start out at seven a week. We started out at one, two, three, four, five, and we're up to seven a week. And that's costly. And I'm thankful that the Lord is meeting the need. And he is uh, uh, just using you, many of you, to help get those Bibles into the hands of the inmates across the land. And we're so thankful for you and all of you who sow into Crossway Church uh, to help us do what the Lord has called us to do, and mainly that's to publish the Word of God as it is the truth in its righteous context, always pointing to Jesus Christ and, and His great work of righteousness for us at Calvary. And I'm thankful to have a, a gospel-centered ministry, and I'm thankful that you're a part of it, even if you found us on some day uh, that's not today, which is the 14th of May, 2021. I always like to share the date if I can remember too, so we can remember when this broadcast was actually uh, put forth for others to hear. And uh, don't forget about the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Just in the last two or three days, we've added the store, the Crossway Church store to the website, and there you can get uh, the copies of the CD series that we've done. There's 10 CD series sets on there. Everything from taking up your cross to the power of God's love, the 12 CD set of the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There's also the book that we have, All God's Works Are Done in Truth. Then yesterday we added Angel Pieces Music CD, of which has already began to be ordered and so God bless you as you look at what's there for your uh, growth, for your encouragement and edification. And uh, don't forget that yesterday and today only for those of you who give a gift of $50 or more and uh, you will receive uh, the, the mug, We March On, Curtis Hutchinson Ministries, along with the CD, Blameless Before God, that I recently ministered powerful, powerful word for the church today, and we need to be hearing the word, but that free, that free gift, it's, it's really for a donation of $50 and higher, and it ends after today. Tomorrow it won't be available uh, where you can get that. It's only yesterday and today, so uh, if you desire to have that, it's there for you, and, uh, and, and we're just praising the Lord. Don't forget about the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Every single thing we do at Crossway Church, the two worship services, and the three Bible study teaching sessions during the week, they're all uploaded there. They're all for you. They're all free for your partaking. And don't forget to subscribe and follow the YouTube channel for once we get a thousand 
uh, subscribers, then we can go back to uh, recording not just live on the Facebook, Pastor Curtis Facebook page through the Mevo camera, but also we can be live again on YouTube through the Mevo camera, which is what I use for my three day, my three uh, weekly Bible sessions. And until then, I have to take what we do and then go upload it later, which is more work. Uh, but we do it just for you, and we praise God for the opportunity. Let's get ready this morning to receive from the Lord. He has truth to guide us in. He has truth to impart to our hearts today. That's what the Holy Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit of grace, desires to do, to guide us into all truth. Truth is Christ and Him crucified and I praise God for that. Every word of God must be in that righteous context or we're not hearing it properly or we're not hearing what we should be hearing properly. Proverbs 8 and 8, all the words of my mouth, God says, are in righteousness. <laughs> oh, that you need to write that down. Oh, that you need to have more than a surpassing thought of that. Oh, that you need to take that to heart. Every word in the Bible that God has spoken is in righteousness. And Romans 1, 16 and 17 says that his righteousness is revealed in the gospel. And you won't find it being revealed anywhere else. And it's only revealed to those who have their faith there, who are going from faith to faith, living by faith. The just who are justified only by the blood of Jesus, live by faith, and they go from faith in the Word of God in its gospel context, revealing God's righteousness to faith. And again, from faith it comes by hearing God's Word in its revealed righteousness context to faith. Outside of the righteousness of God being revealed to us, in the Word of God, which points us to Calvary, we're not moving from faith to faith. And you need to know that. You need to hear that over and over and over until you get to the point you're determined to believe it and determined to know it and determined to begin to share it. Until you begin sharing it, you don't have it like you could have it. Glory to God. You need to start sharing that. Yeah, it makes it look very narrow, but... We'll never know the narrowness of it our own selves that Jesus taught there will be few that find the narrowness of this way. Most will never step into it and most of those that do won't finish with this faith till the end. Many have turned away. The Bible says in the last days, many shall fall away, many shall be seduced, many shall turn away from the holy commandment. But you and I, we're here today still believing that what Jesus did at Calvary as the Son of God, the Lamb of God, is all we'll ever need, not just to be forgiven of our sins, but to keep us from sin's domination again today and for all the grace we need to function in because God desires to give us more grace, but He only gives it to the humble, and the humble are those who keep coming to Calvary who keep coming to Calvary, who keep trusting in Jesus that he died for us and that we died with him and that we can again today reckon ourselves to be dead in, to be dead indeed unto the sin nature yet alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's true Christianity. That's experiential Christianity. So let us dig in today to part four of our, our teaching uh, series entitled Bible Faith in Light of the Cross. Luke chapter 8 is where we are today and let us remember what we've talked about up until this point. We've covered the wayside ground. There's four different types of soil that Jesus uh, dirt uh, where seed is sown, areas where the seed is sown, but yet 
Jesus is referring to the hearts of men, the, the type of hearts that men have that receive the word. And we need to remember that. that, that that's what this parable is about, the, the type of hearts that receive the word and what happens because of the way the heart is. And there's only one heart that receives and keeps the word and allows the word to prosper and bring forth the fruit of the word with the, with the fruit being fruit that is complete, brought to completion. And that's the good and honest heart. And that's the heart, as we'll get into later, who's still trusting in that form of doctrine we trusted with our hearts what Christ did for us at Calvary. We keep our faith in the cross of Christ, the heart then God calls it a good and honest heart. It's the only heart that can receive the word of God that's receiving the word in its righteous context. Any other reception of God's word is, is not, it's not receiving it in its righteous context. When we receive God's word, believe God's word in its righteous context, we go from faith to faith. Hallelujah. That means the word of God is moving us from faith to faith. If that's not the process, then we have one of the other three types of soils, of grounds, other three types of hearts. Here, the wayside, let's cover it again, just for back up like I like to do, scratch our feet where we've been, get a good grip, and then take off running again. Those by the wayside, are they, yeah, they hear, but the devil comes and takes away the word. This is Luke 8 and 12. Takes away the word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved. The word comes, but they're, the, the word that comes that they hear, it's just on the same level as their, their, their bills and their, their work and their family and their upcoming vacation and, and the, the, all the things going on in their heart. It has the same level. It, it, it does not rise above with importance. It's just in there. And if that's the case, the word sown goes into the heart. Look. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then comes the devil to take away the word out of their heart. The word sown goes into the heart. I don't care. What's, the, the people sit in church and they hear the word. It goes into the heart. But if it never rises above all the other things that are in the heart and, and not given more importance, the devil, he'll come and steal it. Why? lest they should believe and be saved. And, and I understand these, these types of heart here. We could look at this parable of the sower and the seed, and we should in the light of being saved, being born again. But we can also look at the different types of hearts in the, in the process of what happens after we're saved because we have to keep believing the Word of God if we're going to live from faith to faith. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God and Jesus is that life, but yet the life is found in the blood. So it's never just uh, believing what's said, but it's believing what's said in the person and the work, the shed blood of Jesus at Calvary. That's the only way we can go from faith to faith. We need to understand that. Not only in the born-again sense, but after we've been born again, we've received the life, the Spirit of God, that we are new creations in Christ, but are we living the saved life. The word has to keep coming. And if it doesn't gain any more value than the other things in our lives, and it can't unless it's believed in the same context it, it was believed when we were saved, then uh, we're in big trouble. So the wayside ground is the word sown. It goes into the heart. But the devil comes quickly. And let me add this morning, the devil comes quickly. Wherever the word of God is being sown, the, the enemy is there. The enemy is always where the word of God is being sown. Because number one, he wants to steal it. That's how he steals, kills, and destroys. Even us as God's people. Peter warns us. He writes that we need to beware that there's an enemy. We need to take heed. There's one that goes around to and fro as a, as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. 
That's, that's written to us, Christians. How does he devour Christians? By stealing the word of God. And he doesn't just steal it by being able to take it out of our hearts because we're not giving, giving it any, any greater authority in our lives than all the other things, any greater focus than all the other things. It's on the, the word of God's on the same playing level, playing field as the bills and the family and the work situations and all the upcoming this and the yesterdays that. It's, a, it's just in there floating around with everything else. But even when we give God's word a greater place of attention in our lives, if it's not God's word in its righteous context, he steals it away because it's in the wrong context. And in the wrong context, God's word, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth only teaches us the truth of God's word. He doesn't just get us to memorize God's word so we can speak God's word. He teaches us the truth of God's word and can only guide us into the truth of God's word. And the experience of that, and there's always a fruitful experience of that. The fruit of that is following Christ. The fruit of that is bearing the fruit of Christ, the fruits of righteousness. So the wayside ground is, is the heart. And, and notice in verse 12, he says, those by the wayside. He's talking about soils, but he's talking about those people. By the wayside, they, they do hear, but the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved, which tells us they're not believing it. They're, it's in the heart, but they're not believing it. When you believe the word of God, it, all that takes place above everything else. When we, we Listen, and there are many Christians today since they've been saved, the Word of God has no higher place. Matter of fact, for most what's Christianity, the Word of God has a lower place than all the other things, the cares of this life. So, number two, we talked about that last week, that on the rock, the rocky heart, is that when they hear, they receive the word with joy. Hallelujah, hands lifted, get up and run the aisle, shake the banners around. They're excited with joy about what they've heard, but then they have no root. They have no root. It never takes root. They had any, what word am I looking for? And a moment of joy and an initial, that's it. Boy, that was a hard word, wasn't it? An initial moment of joy and wow, excited about this, but it never takes root, which for a while they believe but when temptation comes, and temptation comes to everybody who has received the word with joy because the enemy is going to try to, if he can't steal it before you believe it, he's going to try to steal it after you believe it through you being tempted and tried to steal your joy. Get it now. This is the rocky Heart. Temptation comes, and because there's no root, it's not, it's not, listen, by the one who's hearing it, it's not continued to believe believed and to be added to, to excelled in. It's not taking root. We're told in the New Testament to be rooted and established in the truth. And if that, and again, it's all a matter of what we're giving importance to, focus to, preeminence to. Come on now. But today we're going to talk about the, the, the thorny heart, that which, you know, thorns and thistles and the heart. Let's talk about that. Uh, Jesus said in verse 7 of Luke 8, and some seed here, he's talking about the word of God sown, some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Again, the fact of the matter, thorns are always going to be, the devil's always going to be, the situations, everything, everything else is always going to be present when the word of God is sown. It's up to us to believe it to the point it's given 
preeminence above all things. If we just say, okay, I believe it with a nonchalant attitude of it being on the same level as everything else, but yeah, I believe, yeah, you know I believe that, but there's, there's no change, there's no fruit. It's not going to work. Watch now, in, in verse 14 he says, and that which fell among thorns are they, people, they, which when they have heard, they go forth, but they're choked, choked. I've got some trees out here on the edge of my property, 60, 70 foot tall, but there's vines, there's there's thorns, there's wrapped up, they're really not thorns, these are just vines, but we could use this as the same uh, scenario, an example. These vines, they come up out of the ground, little old bitty uh, 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 vines, but man, they end up being this big, and they, the, the, the more uh, uh, growth they have, the vines, they get bigger and bigger until they're wrapped around the tree and they start embedding in the tree. And as that tree really grows and gets bigger, those vines are growing and they're getting more indented into the tree. And that, that tree, that 60, 70 foot big tree is dead. It's de it becomes dead. Because watch, that which fell among the thorns, the word of God which falls into a heart of thorns, is the heart that's a thorny heart is the heart that... We hear it, we go forth, but we're choked with the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life, and this scenario eliminates fruit. There was fruit, we go forth, but the fruit that's there does not end up being fruit that's fruit Perfected, a, 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 a completion of fruit bearing. And then let, let's turn over here. I've got some things in my notes I want to share with you today. To choke means to drown or to crowd out. Crowds out. Our hearts are crowded out with other things, the cares the riches, the pleasures, and we'll look at the very meanings this morning of all three of those different words used here by the Lord in his teaching. But to choke, one of the examples given, the word choke means to drown. You know, we hear the word, we go forth when we hear it, but we're drowned, we're choked. The word is choked out because other things come along. It's like a, a drowning man. That's the example. To drown. You, you're in water and you go under the water. If you don't ever come back up, it, it, you don't have some kind of breathing oxygen. If you, you just fall in the water and you don't come back up, you're going to drown by what you're surrounded by, which is water. And listen, we as people will drown in this life. We'll choke to death on the cares, the riches, and the pleasures of this life and the, unless the word of God is given preeminence in a greater place in our hearts than all these things. Watch. And it, the word choke also means to crowd. The cares, the riches, and the pleasures, they're there. their purpose in this world is, is to crowd. To crowd. Yeah, they can be used as blessings, but when we begin to allow the blessings of this life to crowd out the word of God, to lose its place of authority and fruit bearing in our lives, we've been choked out. Where are you today, my friend? Where are you today? You can look around and see the Christians' lives who the enemy has stole the word, the the. the the, 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 the joy's been stolen, the, 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 the cares and the riches and the pleasures given more authority and place in the heart of believers today, as Jesus said would be the case in the church in the last days, have taken priority with the excuses of God wants us to have a good time. God doesn't care that we have a good time. God doesn't care that we enjoy ourselves. Right, and all the things God has given us are to be enjoyed in the avenue of glorifying him. 
the fruit of who he is, the fruit of the one. But that's not the case. We, we say those things, but it's not the case. We, we, know, we know more Hollywood movies and, and musical worldly songs than we do scripture today. And when people hear what I'm saying right now, they get angry. Christians get angry. Well, he's, he's just condemning us. No, I'm, I'm just here uh, presenting the word of God. Are you being choked today? Is the word of God, the seed of God's word being choked out of your life or by the cares, the riches, and the pleasures of this world. Look, the word cares means that through the ideal of being distracted. Are you so distracted that maybe you're a mother, maybe you work too and a mother, and you have to take care of the house too because of all the busyness of your, your demanded uh, uh, scenarios in your life that, that you have an excuse that you don't have time to go to church. You don't have time. Oh, I know people right now who use it. I don't have time to be in the Word. I don't have time to be in church. Oh, but they replace obedience to God's Word with a few minutes on the radio or leaving the radio on or the TV channel on some spiritual station 24-7 or listening. And so, okay, they've appeased their own fleshly. Well, okay, I hope God's satisfied with that little bit. But it's not what He's called us to. It's what we're doing to replace what He's called us to, the because the cares of this life, we're not giving God the tithe and the offerings, but we're boy sure spending it on what we want to spend it on. We're not giving God a, a once or twice or three times a week in worship service in the congregation, in, in the among the congregation of the family of God, but we're sure going and doing what we want to do. Come on, somebody, help me preach up in here this morning. I know the faithful are saying amen, and the, and the unfaithful are saying, I don't have to listen to this guy anymore. I don't have to do all that. I don't have to be all that. You don't have to do those things to go to heaven. That's a dangerous place to be because you're admitting the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life have moved you out of a place of faithfulness and having the fruit to bear. If you don't have the fruit to bear, my friend, there's no fruit that's headed toward completion. Come on, somebody help me up in here. The other uh, 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 example of a thorny ground thorny heart is riches, wealth, money, possessions. The more I get, the more I got to guard it and stay focused on it. I, you, know, you know, those folks that think they don't have enough to be able to give to the work of God, and now I've got so much I can't truly give what I, what I do have to give. Man, do you know how many Christians today are, are actually giving to the church, but their mind, if I actually gave a tithe of what I make, people would know what I make, and I... I, I'm, I we need to get rid of the I that's the middle letter in the three letter word sin and we just need to come back to the fruit bearing place of God's word prospering in my life no matter what they think no matter what they say no matter what people know I'm called to faithful obedience to God's word in spite of everything everybody else says so the cares of this life is the distractions, the cares. I'm too busy. Sunday's my only day off. And I use church example all the time because if we can't be faithful to a local church, what can we be faithful to? How can we say we love God when we don't show his people we love his people? And where we do that is when we gather together in the name of That's where we, for the most part, do That's the New Testament example. Who are we to come along and change the example of the early church? Pastors and elders and congregations and getting together to worship, getting together to provide an avenue for the gospel to go out and the poor to be reached, those Christians who are being attacked for their faith. Come on now, somebody help me up in here this morning. We need to quit making excuses and just surrender our hearts once again and allow the word of God to once again have more authority in our hearts than the cares of this life, the wealth and the money and the possessions that either we are striving for that we don't have or we do have and now we're focused on guarding it instead of our own hearts with the word of God. And the third one mentioned is the pleasures. 
These are three different things. The cares, the distractions, the, the riches, the wealth, the prosperity, our possessions, and the pleasures, that, those things which are sensual and fleshly, that, uh, the delights of this age. A anything that comes along that takes away the, the preeminent place of the authority of God's Word. And I understand most Christians are not going to listen to preachers like me. Most Christians, listen, when Jesus comes back, he said it'd be like the days of Noah. And in the days of Noah, we see how many righteous people there were, eight. Eight were saved, and in the days of Noah, there were giants. The giants of the land, I believe Jesus is referring to them here. The giants can be the cares, the riches, and the pleasures. These are giants that have God's people paralyzed, no longer bearing the fruit and, and allowing his word to prosper in their hearts. These are giants in the land. These are giants among God's people today. The cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life that have us paralyzed. Thanks be to God for the Davids that will come on the scene with the rock of salvation to be thrown. And that is us reminding that Jesus paid the price. He slayed every giant at Calvary and the word of God, if we'll give it the preeminence in our hearts, we can begin to learn the greatness of our Savior Jesus and what he's actually paid for at Calvary. It's more than a trip to heaven, but it's so that we can be fruit bearers today, not on our own terms and our own ways according to the traditions of our denominational heads and the traditions of our families, but the, the, but the tradition of the word of God. Hallelujah. That which is written on the pages of God's word. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But let's look on into this. We've got to allow God's word to have a, a, a more preeminent place of authority in our lives than anything. This is how the, the, the early church could be persecuted without falling away. This is how the early church could, could watch themselves and their wives and, and their children be soaked in oil, sprayed with oil and lit and hung on the poles to be Roman streetlights into the city, burned at the stake, thrown into the arenas with lines to be eaten up. It doesn't mean they didn't scream. It doesn't mean they didn't feel pain. It doesn't mean that, that, that it wasn't the most horrible thing that had ever happened to them. But it, what it does mean is that they recognized that Jesus was greater than all of that and they were willing to cling to the one who was the living word of God and who he had become to them rather than renounce the word of God just to save their own selves from hurt and pain. And if we can't overcome the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this, this life, we surely won't overcome the temptations that come through pain and suffering and persecution. And persecution, let me say it this morning, persecution is coming. It's building now, but it's coming at an unprecedented rate in this country that Christians one day will soon will stand back and say, how did a nation that was birthed upon Christianity and the Word of God ever reach this place to now where Christians are being persecuted in this very nation? It's coming, and it's coming soon. But remember this, persecution is an instrument in God's hands that he uses to sanctify and to, and to purify his church. To purify his church. Persecution will weed out many. Christ will be renounced. He, 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 he will be renounced. If the cares and the riches... And the pleasures of this life allow us to renounce Christ to have the preeminent place in our hearts, the fruit bearing. And fruit bearing is not taking place because we say it is. Fruit bearing is there for others to see the fruit being bare. You've never had to cut into an apple tree to find an apple. It's there on the tree to be seen, to be partaken of. Come on now, let's keep it simple. And if we can't, not, I don't like the word can't. If we refuse to, if we will not 
choose to give God's word the preeminent place in our hearts through faith in the sacrifice of Christ. There's where we'll stay. There's where we'll be found fighting to keep this faith in the word of God. Where God's word will find the place of preeminence. If we can't do that now in times of peace, where will we be found in times of war and persecution? It's coming. Don't sit and say it's not coming. It's coming. The natural walls and borders of our nation that are collapsing, that is God trying to show his people that they need to wake up and awaken unto his righteousness, his only way. That's the righteous way, the way of the cross. The answer is not prayer. The answer is coming back to true faith and grace so that our prayers can avail. The prayers of the righteous, the fervent, effectual prayers of the righteous man will avail much. But just because we are righteous in Christ doesn't mean our prayers avail. Peter writes that if we husbands do not treat our wives as co-equal heirs of grace, our prayers will be hindered. What does that let us know? That just because I'm righteous in Christ in position doesn't mean that I'm walking in the condition and have fruit, the fruit to bear of that righteousness. We need to wake up. Prayer's not the answer. <coughs> the cross of Christ is the answer. You can pray, James said, and still not have what you need if you're playing, praying according to the flesh. And the only way to pray not in the flesh is to pray in the Spirit. After the Spirit, faith in the sacrifice of Christ. Pray not only in the, word, in the name of Jesus with my lips, but my faith is in what the name of Jesus means, Savior. What he did for me, it kept my faith is in Christ and his work at Calvary. My faith is never in the provision I need. Oh, you need to write this down on paper. My faith is never in the provision I need. My faith is in Christ and what he did. To prove it, the first time you ever believed with your heart in Christ, it's called under righteousness because it's the righteous work he was carrying out for you at Calvary, the Holy Spirit took you and immersed you into the very place your faith was. Where was it? In the death of Jesus. Romans 6, 6 and 7 and Galatians 2 and 20 tell us that we were crucified with Christ. We died with him. When the Holy Spirit saw your faith in the word of God that pointed you to Christ and his death for you so that you could be saved by grace, when, when the Lord saw that's where you believed, that's where he placed you in the death of Christ. You were crucified with him. That's why we're told to again today reckon ourselves to be dead indeed to the sin nature, the very work of Christ putting that sin nature away that we might be alive unto God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Think about that. The word of God cannot function in our lives with the preeminence that it has, the authority it carries unless our faith is in Christ. And remember Colossians 2 and 6 tells us that as we receive the Lord Jesus Christ, faith in Him placed us in Him through faith in His death. We are also to walk like so. Walk ye in Him. Our lives are to be carried out according to the Word of God with our faith in Him, in His death. Never forget that. When you move away from that and you try to separate, well, our faith uh, can't be in his death and in the word of God too, that's where we get back to the righteous dividing of God's word. Every word out of God's mouth is in righteousness. The work of righteousness was carried out by Christ at Calvary. Think about that. All his works were righteous works, but only his work of righteousness unto death. That 
work it. The cross is what de he declared himself to be the door and the life and many other things that he did not become to us except in his death for us. So let me say it again. Our faith can never be in healing but for healing. The only object of faith is Christ in his death. And the word of God, yes, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but Jesus is the living word of God. And the word of God, for it to bring the faith that I need, it's, it's got to be pointing me to the living word of God and what he did at Calvary. For only through that can we be found walking in him and only there can we be taught truth and led further into truth by the spirit of truth. See, we keep it on a kindergarten level because that's what the church needs. The church doesn't need all these big scholarly names and all these big, high, big words. We, we don't need, let me say, we don't need that. And forget the ideal that, that these very educated and scholarly men need words. No, everybody can understand simple Everybody can understand simple. It's kind of like how God saves. If, he don't, if God saves through any kind of work, then some people are eliminated. Therefore, it's one way, Jesus and what he did at Calvary because everybody can believe. Not everybody can attain some level of not everybody has that gift. I've got a son that can work math like nobody's business. He can multiply numbers in his head that I can't do on paper. I don't have that gift. And other people know words this long that I can't even pronounce and they can pronounce it and tell me what it means. But the Bible says the simplicity of Christ. The simplicity of Christ. We don't need preachers that write things in, in, in Microsoft Word and then click on uh, synonyms to try to find a bigger word to make them look important that causes people to have to go look it up to see what it really... We need the simplicity of Christ. And those who try to sound so intellectual we don't need that. Nobody needs that. And any disagreements at this point would only come from the wisdom of men. Because all we need is the understanding of God's Word. And it's why it's called the simplicity of of Christ. Let's get back into this. That was a little rabbit trail. Hopefully it ties in for you, blesses you today. <clears throat> Don't be choked by the cares, nor the riches, nor the pleasures of this life. Having a boat and going to the lake's good. And if the only day you've got to do that Sunday morning between church time, you ought to sell your boat, my friend. See, that's that's where that's where those who are being choked disagree. Those who are being choked disagree. That's my only day. I, I bought the boat. I, you know, Maybe we need to back up and look to see if God even gave me a boat. God won't give me a boat if the only time I can use it is during worship time, church time, church gathering time. Come on now, somebody. Hey, hey, hey. and I know you can't put people, you shouldn't be putting people under a law. I'm trying to make a point here about the cares, the pleasures, and the riches of this life. What's more important to you? And I use the church example. There are lots of other things. Bible study, times of prayer, witnessing, ministering to others. I, I, we're just trying to help folk, man. We, we're not trying to hurt people's feelings. We're not trying to be mean, ugly. And the people who get angry... Or the people who are being choked or make excuses. And they're angry, they make excuses, they're being choked. The people who are being choked are the people who are mad at the ministers of righteousness in these last days. But let's look at this now, verse 15. But that on the good ground 
we're talking about the heart. The Lord Jesus here calls the heart that is a good heart, a honest and good heart, the ground of the heart that's an honest and good heart is the heart that has heard the word, keeps the word. I'm not letting it go. Keep, I'm, it doesn't mean that it's in there floating around with everything. No, that's what I'm keeping now. That's what I'm holding to now. Everything else, and we have lots of things in our heart, I understand. We got paying the bills, we got caring for the family, we got work, we got situations at home, at work, in the church, in the mall. We got everything is in the heart. And you got to be very careful about all the things that's in the heart and what has the preeminence in the heart because Proverbs 23, 4, write this down. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence. <laughs> Constantly, habitually guarding our heart because out of it comes the issues of your life. Now, you, you need to meditate. That needs to be one of those Selah moments. Not because they did, they said, guard your heart with all diligence. It's your mission. It's my mission to guard my heart because out of it, out of my own heart, come the issues of my life. The greatest revelation of that comes to those who come to Christ through faith in his cross and begin to trust him. You'll hear so many testimonies to those who are born again or those who've wandered from the faith that come back to the faith that say this, man, I was blaming everybody else for all my problems. I was blaming everybody else for all my downfalls. But I see now it was me. I'm to blame. It was my own stinking rotten heart. Out of your heart comes the issues of your life. You can keep blaming him and her, your boss, your spouse, your kids, your lack of finances, your too much finances. You probably ain't going to blame that. But you, you, can, <laughs> you can blame everything else. And if you are, you're still walking as the old man. Come on now. You're still living as the old man that when Adam sinned and, and, and Eve sinned and, and the devil did what he did to bring about the, the temptation for that, God come rushing in the garden and Adam said, the woman you gave me. The woman said, the snake. I, we going to blame folk unless the word of God starts getting ground in our heart. When our hearts change from a, a wayside or a rocky or a thorny heart, even as a Christian, we start... Again, having the good heart, the honest heart that admits the word of God's what I need. And we we hear it, we keep it, we keep it. That's what guarding your heart means. You're keeping the word in its preeminent place through faith. And faith, trust, dependence in God's word as you're trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary has fruit. Faith moves us in the direction of the words that are coming and we're mixing faith with. When faith comes, it moves us into the will of God. The obedience of God's word is seen with the fruit and that fruit is being matured. Listen, but that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, they keep it. And in keeping the word, the word brings forth fruit with patience. It's going to take patience. You know, I've got peach trees. There peaches on there. This, I have two peach trees. I don't have an orchard. I need to say that. People say, man, you got, I got two peach trees. One of them bears fruit and the other one don't, which I could bring into this message today. But the peaches right now are only about this big. If I go out there and try to pick that and eat it, uh, it won't work. I'll throw it on the ground. It will not work. But if I, with patience, keep waiting on what's happening to the tree, the peach tree, one day the peaches, the Alberta peaches, will be this big and they'll be completed. Listen, it's going to take patience. Read Hebrews chapter 10. You're going to have to hang on to that confidence in Christ. You're going to have to give Christ the preeminence in your heart. 
Not with words, but with fruit to show that's who you're trusting in, depending on through obedience to the word, not through you saying you are, thinking you are, or, or, or wanting to, or knowing you need to. But it will ha- when you are, faith has fruit of movement into the obedience of God's word. Fruit that is ripening, it's growing, and it's, it's attempting to reach a place of completion, but it's going to take patience. The Bible teaches in Hebrews 10, I'm writing about it right now daily. Every morning, one verse a day, and we're in Hebrews 10 on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page already on chapter 10. Wow, man, it's amazing how much ground you can cover if you'll just get started. Hallelujah. But we're learning in Hebrews 10 right now that you're going to have to hold fast to that confidence you received when you were saved, that confidence in Christ, that He is the Lord, He is the Savior, He does know best for you, He is the light for your path. Because without that confidence, patience won't be able to function. And if patience is not functioning, then then the reward won't be there that we're looking for. Read Hebrews chapter 10, child of God. You've got to keep the confidence in Christ. You've got to hold fast that that hope of confidence till the end if patience is going to keep working until the end so that fruit in your life can be fruit that remains, Jesus taught about in John 15, fruit that remains and has a completed state. Here Jesus uses the word perfection. It means maturity, fruit that matures, not fruit that rots and falls off because we allow the cares, the riches, the pleasures of this life, the temptations that are going to come to steal and to kill and to destroy what God began in us instead of allowing Him to continue that good work, Philippians 1.6, in the hearts of those that continue to give God's word the preeminent place in their hearts. Watch this now. Jesus taught in John 15.16, listen very carefully, and don't try to twist it. When you do, you're changing the word of God, and a changed word of God cannot bear the fruit that the untainted word of God desires to bear. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. I've ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Oh, this is so important. Fruit in the lives of the believers. Fruit of the word of not not some fleshly work faith in the cross of Christ not yesterday years months past today I'm depending upon what Christ did at Calvary for there's where I was planted into Christ being planted into his death Romans chapter 6 read it learn it never stop knowing it don't you know we were planted into the death of Christ that's where the word of God took root in us at the cross. Never forget it. This is why prayers are hindered. This is why we don't understand why we're not receiving the things we're praying for is because the fruit is not reaching a place of completion. There's not, we, we had fruit. We, we, we had fruit. How many testimonies today among the Christians who, well, I used to do this. I, I used to be involved. I, I used to, and they'll hear this, and, and because of the cares and the pleasures and the riches of this life, they'll get mad and say, well, it's not about what you do. We need to be careful with that. We don't get saved by what we do, and we don't even really live by faith according to what we do, although all that's, so intricately placed in what our faith, when our faith is in Christ and His work at Calvary, then the Word of God can be the lamp to my feet, the light to my path, and the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of grace, can guide me into all truth. And it's not just me doing things, it's Him working in me and through me, producing the fruit that I now can bear. So it is about us doing 
Jesus said, not everybody that says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into heaven, but those who do the will of the Father. The will of the Father is to believe upon Christ. And when we're believing upon Christ, not saying we do, when we're believing upon Christ in the only place we can, in the heart, then that heart is a good and honest heart that's bringing forth fruit that's remaining. It's not rotting and falling off the vine and our testimony no longer is that I, I used to, I used to, I used to. No, and if that's your case, repent right now. Ask God to cleanse you of all that unrighteousness and get back in the race, get back in the fight, get back in the place of confidence and patience. Hallelujah. Watch this now. Here's a note. What we're asking of the Father is that which will bear more fruit of the seed being sown in our lives. I don't believe you can separate what Jesus taught in John 15. Those who are praying to the Father in His name are those who are bearing fruit that's remaining. Fruit that's remaining. Fruit that's continuing. And, and Because they're keeping the word. That's what holds the preeminent place in their heart. That's their desire. That's their focus. It's not the cares. They've got cares. It's not the, the riches. They may have riches. They may lack thereof. It's not the pleasures, even though they have pleasures like everybody else. But those things don't hold the preeminent place. And believe me, when those things hold the preeminent place and the Word of God does not hold the preeminent place, others see that. Others see it. Others are praying for you. Others care about you. Others, the body of Christ, others who see that are hurting for you. They're suffering because of you because we're all one of the body of Christ. And if you aren't giving God's word the preeminent place that it deserves that can bear the fruit, then you're not walking in a place that I can be edified by comforted through. Come on. We don't comfort each other exclusively with words. We comfort each other the greatest by bearing the fruit of what God is able to do in and through our lives. We see that and know we can be comforted by that. If we're not comforted by what the Lord's doing in the lives of others, it's because we're convicted of sin and still running from God. When we become envious and jealous about what God's doing in somebody else's life, we have a problem. We should be comforted, edified by what God's doing in and through somebody else's life. What we're asking of the Father is that which, that, that what we're praying for is all tied together with the fruit-bearing process we're in. Doesn't mean we don't ask God to help us pay the light bill. Doesn't mean we don't ask God to give us a spouse, to give us a better job. But the overall focus of our lives is the Word of God being kept and the fruit to bear it. Hallelujah. I'm going to have to quit. We're out of time, unfortunately. When you're having such a good time, time flies. But I hope you've been encouraged today. I hope you've been edified. I, I, that's the overall uh, uh, goal, I believe, of all Bible teaching among Christians is for the edification, the, the reminding of who Christ is and what He's done, that He's dependable. You can trust Him. You have a loving Heavenly Father who sent His Word to heal you of all infirmities and to deliver you from all destruction. It's His Word He sent to have the preeminent place in our hearts. And we'll take off right here again next Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time. We'll start right here with the good ground. We, 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 we'll probably have one more uh, session here in the parable of the sower and the seed. It's so important and so many Christians think they just know it. But unless you're seeing what's called faith in the Bible... In light of the cross, you'll never be able to have it like you really need it. And, and so that's why this, these sessions are taking place. So join us on Friday mornings at 9 a.m. for hopefully 
encouragement and learning process of the Holy Spirit about faith. Don't forget to pray for us. Don't forget to sow into the ministry where you are being fed the truth of God's words of righteousness, always pointing to Christ and what he did at Calvary. That's where you'll reap a harvest, my friend. That's where, that's the ground you sow into where you will reap a harvest. Amen. So you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com. That's the website. Don't forget about the store there that's been added with the product that you can find there that will also help you in your studies and edify your soul. And you can also text your giving by texting the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. We love you. Hope to see those of you who are near Wichita Falls, Texas this weekend, Saturday morning, I'm sorry, Saturday night at 7, Pastor Colton and Casey Hills Church, and Sunday morning as well. Hope to see anybody that's near there this weekend. We love you. Pray for us as we're praying for you, and stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless you.